0: hey everyone it's friday and it's time for the locked on sports minnesota roundtable i'm your host ron johnson from the ron johnson show we're going to also have my co-host sam ekstrom joining us today and then we got reggie wilson luke inman from superior sports talk all the big voices on the locked on sports minnesota podcast network let's jump right into this fellas it's football Week Like last night, I don't know about you, but last night I, I got like, I mean, I wasn't super excited. Like there were some great moments in the game, but it was just, good. it felt natural to have football back. And it almost felt like a dream, like it didn't feel real. And then, you know, I don't know what you guys go through on the weeks lead up to football, but for me, I had the dream last night. Normally I have the dream where I can't get dressed and I'm constantly trying to get dressed to make it to my own game. And, and eventually I never make it. And then I just wake up. I think they tell me that's anxiety uh last night was different last night i was a veteran coming back to watch my own high school play and all the fans were watching me watch my high school play and then the ref threw a weird flag because one of our players didn't have a uniform to match the rest of the team and then as i'm arguing with the ref about it and blah blah i look over and they're like well this person isn't even in uniform like this dude was in his regular street clothes and, and honestly, I don't even I don't even know if it was a boy or a girl on the football team, but I know they were in their regular street clothes, and I'm like, yeah, that's a flag. Like, you gotta have a football uniform on and pads. Um, and so it got me thinking about Minnesota football. And I'm like, was that like a pra- Like, am I gonna show up to this game Sunday? And there's gonna be some weird stuff where I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Like, you know, I don't know what that dream means. Um, no clue whatsoever. Uh, but, but it was it was interesting that, like, football is back. I haven't had a football dream in I don't know how long, and maybe because I was up watching Stefan Diggs destroy uh, Jalen Ramsey, I, I guess maybe football is back on my brain. But as we jump into this uh, roundtable, fellas, like, thinking about the game, that, that was my thought leading into the game. I woke up this morning like, man, what, what did that dream even mean about this season, about Kirk Cousins? Maybe it meant nothing. It was just a dream. But what are you guys excited about for this upcoming Packers-Vikings game?
1: Well, I think, Ron, in the spirit of high school football talk, we've been watching the JV for a few weeks. We've been watching the backups in the third string. I want to watch the varsity, and that's what the Vikings are thrown out on the field on Sunday. We finally get to see the stars. We get to see Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins, O'Neal, Osborne, Cook. Um, and you know it's been a big tease in this preseason, not being able to see any of the guys that are really going to just determine how the Vikings do this season. So I'm really excited for that, obviously, but I think my biggest focal point heading into this game, what is Kevin O'Connell gonna do when he's coaching in a live regular season football game? He's only been a play caller in the preseason before. Is he gonna be a good game manager? Is he gonna be able to handle those heated two-minute situations where he's gotta make snap decisions? There's so much information you have to process on the sideline as a head coach. And I think that everyone projects him to be a very good head coach, but we don't know yet. Um, Just because he comes from the McVay tree and he's got those handsome quarterback looks, people expect a lot out of him. Um, But we we don't know. The rubber has not met the road yet. So I'm just going to be evaluating every decision he makes uh, to see if he really is the kind of coaching candidate that we expected.
2: Yeah, no dreams for me over here. More like a nightmare watching Gabriel Davis rip up my fantasy team last night. But <laughs> I will say, on to Sam's point, I'm not only looking forward to seeing the starters, but KOC's playbook, right? Like we've heard so much about this high octane, Sean McVay, wrinkles of Shanahan, this whole tree what's this new playbook look like? We know we haven't seen any of these wrinkles, these sub packages, these different looks during the preseason, during training camp practices, things like that, they're keeping it at hush. I'm, I'm excited to see some of those new creative looks in different plays uh, and different formations too that we're not used to seeing under Zimmer the last eight years as well. And then what's the rest of the division look like? We open, obviously, against our rival, the Packers. What's their team look like, the offense specifically, without Devontae Adams? Are they going to lean on that two-headed running game with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Are they going to be a run-oriented team first and rely on the defense? And then the Bears and the Lions, just interested to see, again, what they look like. What this division looks like? We always overreact after week one, but it's going to be interesting to see what this whole division looks like come Monday morning.
3: First off, Ron, I think you might need to see a professional about the dreams. Seek help, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I think, uh, just to echo what everybody else said already, I think I'm I'm more so looking forward to uh, seeing why the Rams needed Kevin O'Connell last night. And he was the reason why they didn't score as many points. You know, all these fans on Twitter, you know, probably in jest, you know, tongue in cheek. But there's a little bit of truth to, to their feelings that, you know, because Kevin O'Connell wasn't there, that means that, you know, he was some missing piece to the Rams puzzle. You know, it's, it's not Sean McVay. Yeah, not the guy that, you know, was 5-0 and on week one coming into the the season last night. Uh, but I, I I'm just excited to see what it is that is Kevin O'Connell's approach. Like, what is it? We really aren't sure. It was super vanilla in the preseason. Didn't have any starters play, so we're not really sure, like, what wrinkles he's going to throw out there, you know, how he is in the heat of, of, you know, game day. And I think it's just so many, like, uncertainties regarding what his team is going to look like. And I think we're all excited to see, like, all right, what is he going to throw out there against the Packers in week one?
0: Well, yeah, well, that's the, that's the appetizer. So that's the appetizer, getting your mouth water, people. We're going to talk a little bit more of Vikings football coming up in the next couple topics. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors.
1: Yes, we do. And also make sure that you are commenting on the video. Let us know what you think about Vikings Packers. Like, subscribe, comment, and find us on Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube or on podcast. It's Endless Vikings Talk with local experts. And this show is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can get the NCAA lines, NFL lines. The Vikings are one-point underdogs on Sunday. Go check those out at betonline.net. All the latest football developments, game matchups, um, and get the skinny on this weekend's opening games. BetOnline is your continued source for sports wagering info outside of football as well, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, it's time for the, uh, the main
0: course. We got through the appetizer, just a little Vikings, Packers, to get your mouth water, get, your, get a little taste of it. But let's jump into, into a serious topic. Uh, Zadarius Smith, I mean, I've said Kirk Cousins is disrespected. Zadarius Smith is now saying he felt disrespected the way he was released uh, in Green Bay, and so, you know, he signed with the Vikings. Now he gets to play the Packers twice a year. One thing I'll say is every player feels disrespected when they're released from their team. It, it is what it is. It's a business. They had to clear cap space. Uh, Devondre Campbell, you know, wasn't asked to come back and be a part of a team. And, and now, look, he's he's a top, you know, 50 player in the NFL. So it's just one of the things that happens. But Zadarius Smith saying he gets to play the Packers twice a year. Another sneaky one is Aaron Rodgers said that uh, the Vikings fans seem to be the most positive fan base at the beginning of the year because they always say this is our year to win the North. And he's like, and since I've been here, <laughs> I haven't seen much of it. Um, when you look at those two comments, you know, you guys are Darius Smith coming at the Packers, and the Packers just taking a shot at the Vikings fans. Um, where where do you go from there with this topic? Uh, you know, comment. Do you think it's 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 real a real rivalry now? Do you think Darius is going to really you know walk the dog after he sacks Rodgers and pee on the the hydrant, or do you think this is just tongue in cheek <laughs> and you know it is what it is when the cameras on? Uh, start with you, Reggie.
3: I think it's real, man. I think he feels completely disrespected. Just kind of reading some of the articles, you know, he felt like you know walking down the halls, you know, being around his team nobody asked him like hey z how's your back doing and he he felt like that that he really kind of became a nobody and when you're thinking like that it's like dang man like this dude really does like have some something in his heart something in his stomach uh against the the packers now after playing there and, and really excelling there for the past three seasons it's funny uh, you mentioned Zadarius and then you mentioned what Roger said. Matt LaFleur also said that uh, the Vikings have that annoying horn, so I expect them to play that early and often <laughs> on Sunday to get on his nerves even more, maybe see if they can fluster him with some of his play calling. I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but uh, I, it's it's funny. Zadarius Smith, if we all can remember, he initially agreed to go back to the Ravens. And then all of a sudden, he's coming to Minnesota on a visit and it works out with them. And I know that was probably like an added perk, but I'm pretty sure like if the Ravens would have come correct, then he probably would have just gone back to them. But now, you know, being that he did land in Minnesota, he's like playing that up a little bit more to play the Packers twice a year.
2: Well, here's one of the quotes from Zadarius on his time in Green Bay after he elected to get surgery, quote, walking past me, not saying anything, end quote. What does that sound like to me? It sounds like Zedarius. Got the same Mike Zimmer treatment in Green Bay bikes <laughs> players got here at TCO last year so what a perfect fit here in Minnesota jumping in with all these players who knows just what it was like to kind of feel shunned from your coach or or you know some part of the organization walking down the halls or just not feeling comfortable at practice facilities etc, and I'll say this it it sounds like the original doctor had a great track record but there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion and it sounds like that second doctor who recommended the surgery had a pretty good track record as well so i'm not sure why the packers organization was so upset with z to the point they felt like they kind of spurned by him and and they you know he did them wrong but nonetheless there's probably some stuff in there some more details two sides to every story we don't know about we'll never know about but at the end of the day zadarius he's a guy we've already found out plays with a lot of emotions on his sleeve he's got a bad taste in his mouth about the way things ended in green bay and it's clear he's going to be you know taking this game very personal sunday and looking to prove a point that the packers kind of did him dirty and and he's still not over it
1: yeah I hope that Chandon Sullivan was kind to him last year Mm -hmm. in Green Bay because they're teammates now. (laughs) I hope that Chandon said hello in the hallway and that those two are good because they got to play on defense together. Uh, It is fascinating, though, guys, isn't it, that, like, over 15 years, old Packers just keep coming to Minnesota, and a lot of them have (laughs) axes to grind with Green Bay. I mean, it's, it's not just Favre. Favre's the biggest one, but Greg Jennings. He spoke out about Green Bay a lot in the years since. Um, Ryan Longwell came here. Darren Sharper came here. You know, on a lower, lesser level, Charles Johnson came here, who's been on our show with Ron several times. And now is Adarius Smith and Shannon Sullivan. I mean, the Vikings keep bringing in these Packers who seem to have a little bit of ill will towards Green Bay, and it's never the other way around. And I'm not saying that it's toxic in Green Bay. They've obviously had a great organization, but there's something in the water that this keeps happening, and I love it. Like whether. The the slight is real or not, like whether Zedarius' version of events is 100% accurate, it doesn't matter if he perceives it as true and he has that chip on his shoulder. I remember last year, Xavier Woods against the Cowboys, you know, he, it was a fairly run-of-the-mill time for him in Dallas. They let him walk in free agency. They didn't re-sign him. He was ticked off, and he had his best game of the year against the Cowboys last year. He forced two turnovers. Um, so I can only imagine the fire that Cedarius Smith will come out with in this game. He's as healthy as he'll be probably all year, so his his tank is totally full. He was beating Trent Williams in those joint practices looking awesome. He could be sitting on a multi-sack game and or, you know, the Packers maybe devote some extra attention his way and open things, things up for Daniil Hunter. So I think this is a good thing for the Vikings to have a fired up Sidarius Smith.
0: When you look at this Vikings game and you talk, you guys have laid out some great points. Uh, when you look at this Vikings game for Sunday, upcoming Sunday's game, 325 kick, the Vikings will win if. And finish that sentence, Luke.
2: All right, hold on, guys. I got a cliche coming. The Vikings will win if they stop the run and don't turn the ball over. I know, oldest trick in the book, but it's true, especially this Sunday. I'm still very concerned or... I should say the optimist in me would say, I guess I'm still very curious what this run defense is going to look like. Bottom 10 last year, brand new system and defense. So how long does it take to get everyone on the same page during, you know, run assignments and gap fits? And most importantly, just from a pure talent standpoint, I think the weakest spot on defense always has been that third defensive line spot where you went from one supposed starter in Armin Watts. And on paper, it almost feels like he downgraded a little bit in Jonathan Bullard just days before the season. Now, I will say about Bullard, um, he's blown me away with his story and journey during camp. Truly feels like he went out and earned this starting spot. I thought he'd just be a veteran training camp kind of body. So that's good. And they've got all the linebackers, by the way, behind him to help in the run just from a pure talent perspective. Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, both 100-plus tackle a season kind of guys. But you look at the new Packers offense – and what they're going to want to do this season. And it's take pressure off Rodgers in the pass game. They're going to pound that rock 30, 40 times a game behind an excellent offensive line and maybe one of the best two-headed monsters in the NFL right now with Jones and A.J. Dillon. So plugging those holes up, forcing Rodgers into third and longs, letting Z and Hunter pin their ears back inside, you know what's going to be a loud U.S. Bank Stadium. That's going to be a huge key for this game. And then offensively, Look, this is such a massive transition from one of the all-time old school coaches in Zimmer to new school KOC. Like, just think about it all the new school coaches out there in the NFL, it's flooded with them. And you had Zimmer the last eight years in the Vikings running that same mentality and mindset that Bill Parcells had in the 80s and 90s. Like, dude, it's it's 2022, man. Get with it. So now Kirk's going to be asked to sling it all over, make some tight throws, contested situations. And those are just some throws that You know, he hasn't been asked to make in, in, you know, multiple seasons. So at the end of the day, he still has to be smart with the football. It's got to be the same Kirk Cousins we've seen protect the ball over the last three, four years. I think everything else offensively will take care of itself. Thielen's going to move the chains. JJ's going to have his big explosive chunk plays. And Dalvin's going to, you know, in the running game, keep that defense honest. But stopping the run. And limiting Kirk's mistakes in this first big test in this brand new pass first offense is going to be how the Vikings come away with a win, uh, you know, at US Bank against the Packers. And then real quick, just last thing, if they do end up getting gashed in the run game Sunday. How loud is is the Ndamukong Sioux chance gonna be Monday morning at TCL? I know Sam has mm. kind of banged the table for this guy to bring him in because on paper, I think that would be a massive upgrade, turn a weakness into a strength at that third lineman spot. We already know there's been a you know a ton of interest from both parties. So win or lose, if his name starts heating again, uh heats up again next week, I think that's something to keep an eye on as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Sioux thing. Is a definite possibility, and there's actually some pot, some cap implications. The reason they would wait till after week one to make that move. So just keep your eye on it. Not saying I have any intel, but they saved a lot of money in those uh, roster cut transactions they made. I'm just gonna gonna point that out. I think Luke makes a great point that stopping the run is going to be critical, and I think the Vikings will win if uh, the tackles don't play for Green Bay. Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari have been limited in practice. If they don't play, then it's Yoshi Neiman and Royce Newman at tackle. So the trickle-down effect there is, number one, your edge rushers are going to feast. Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith will have a day when Aaron Rodgers drops back. But Green Bay then is incentivized to pass less and run more. So you are going to have to stop the run and make them kind of a one-trick pony. And if they force Rodgers, I think... To drop back with flimsy protection in that game, I think good things are going to happen. Now, you know, Rodgers has been known to, you know, bring the best out of his players when guys are hurt. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers can't win with injured tackles, but sure helps that pass rush a lot for the Vikings if they're going against subpar protectors on the edge there uh, that would be a nightmare for Green Bay if they don't have Jenkins they don't have Bakhtiari and they're they're playing some games right now with the injury report they are being very secretive about their status Uh is not really saying anything to the media I'm not convinced that they play but I, I also can't say they won't but I think that if they've got Newman and Neiman as their bookend tackles I think the Vikings are, are sitting on a big day with that front seven.
3: Yeah, that was going to be my point, too. I, I don't. I think regardless of if those two tackles play or not, the Vikings win if they get constant pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You got motivate a motivated Zadarius Smith. You got a motivated Daniil Hunter on the other side as well. There's been people talking about his injury history. You know, I, I talked to him one-on-one uh, near the start of training camp, and he talked about how people seem to have forgotten about you know, their front seven, or their, their you know, uh, pass rushing and all that stuff. And it's weird because how they ended the season last year is different than how they're going to start the season this year. You got a largely new cast of characters uh, that's going to be kind of coming after the passer this season. And so he felt like he has something to, to prove, even though they were at the top of the league in sacks last season. He was largely not there. And so I'm excited to see how they kind of pin their ears back and get after Aaron Rodgers, especially as Aaron Rodgers is trying to figure things out still with some of these new receivers. He said that he didn't feel like they needed to play in a lot of games, but then he's sending all these mixed messages, you know, passive aggressive messages uh, about his receiving core and how he feels like they need to pick it up and all that stuff. And it's just like, well, You know, tell them that. Don't put it all in the media. Air air him out like that. But that's his thing. You know, whatever. One thing that does kind of bother me when we talk about the Vikings will win if, Sam, Hmm. you tweeted out about Kirk Cousins, him saying, I think I'll still play the position the way I've played it. And KOC saying, I don't necessarily think my expectation is a huge step forward for Kirk. I went one on one with Kevin O'Connell in the spring. It felt like winter, but I promise it was the spring. He talked about <laughs> how he feels like Kirk Cousins had another level to go, like another, you know, notch that he could take it up. And then for him to say this, just a couple days ago and Kirk Cousins to say like it's the defiance for me Kirk Cousins always just continues to be who he is like Mike Zimmer last year he's like hey I think he could take a little bit more chances Kirk is like no 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 I think I'm playing you know within the within the confines of the offense I think I'm good I I I don't I don't think he's right about that and it's just like okay at some point they're investing a whole lot of money like you should do whatever they're telling you to do and I, I do think he's going to buy into this offense, but I think he's going to buy into it in his own way. And that's a bit concerning. Like, I don't know if he's going to be like Alex Smith in this offense. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, Jared Goff in this offense. Like, I don't I don't know what to expect from Kirk Cousins with him making that comment that he made a couple of days ago. And so I think the Vikings win if they come after Aaron Rodgers and, and keep it keep it kosher for Kirk in that offense to to do what it is that he always does, apparently, because mm-hmm. that's what he's looking for out of
1: himself. I just think we need to find out how good a tactician Kevin O'Connell is because if Kirk is not going to change, well, that means that Kevin O'Connell's got to scheme guys open because Kirk's going to find the open guy. The problem with Kirk is is that sometimes he gets too hesitant to work the ball into tight spots he checks down too much he doesn't get to his first read so now if, if kirk's not going to change koC has to be the variable he has to get guys open for kirk so that he can confidently get the ball downfield
0: well, this is what i say about kirk so i i i, I disagree with that i don't think a, a coach like scheming somebody open is just what coaches do so i don't think there's anything there i, I do think kirk cousins is extremely scared to make mistakes. I think he's always been that way. He's never going to change. Uh, what is going to change is his relationship with the receivers. And when, when I say that, when you watch Matthew Stafford last night, there were a couple of times on choice routes, because they kept talking about these choice routes. And I talked to BC Johnson uh, back in Panera uh, 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 way back when. And he told me about all the choice routes they're running this offense and all the freedom they have in this offense and the iPad you know, of Rams plays. Well, it looked like Matthew Stafford was still hung over from the Super Bowl because there were a lot of choice routes where the guy broke one way, he threw it a different way, or a guy was, you know, he was hesitant because he wasn't sure which way they're going to break. And that's just a receiver and quarterback, a tight end quarterback not being on the same page. And I think that's going to be the one factor we have to watch is that they didn't play at all in the preseason. Justin Jefferson said that. He said, you know, like, I haven't done much. Like, I'm looking forward to finally playing real football. Uh, Sam talked about it. We watched JV football all all preseason, and now we're going to get to see the varsity play. Um, It's going to come down to that. The Vikings will win if Kirk Cousins and the receivers are on the same page and not just receivers, running backs, ends. anybody going for a route, They're on the same page. They will win this game. Why? Because it's a choice. You have a lot of, like, I think 25 to 30%, I could be wrong because I felt like that's what the Rams were, were like choice routes, which means – When I get up to the top of my route, if this guy's here, I'm going here. If this guy's here, I'm going here. And that's normally what most offenses are like. But I just feel like Kevin O'Connell and Sean McVay overdid the choice thing. That's why, you know, people are like, man, this feels like backyard football with Cooper Cup. Hopefully, Kirk Cousins can do the things that Josh which is just take a chance. Like, you might throw two interceptions, but you still can win by 21. Like, that's where Kirk Cousins has to get to. They're like, you know, if I threw two interceptions, who cares? I'm still going to throw for 330 yards and four touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you take the good with the bad, you know. That That's what Kirk Cousins has to learn to do. And for some reason, he just doesn't do it. Like, he's super conservative. He's super, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, he's always been that guy to be like, look, I got my money. Like, I'm never going to let you tell me that I'm not doing my job. And I think that's where he was with Mike Zimmer. Like, oh, Kirk Cousins take a chance. No, I'm doing what I was doing this office. This is your fault. Like, it felt like he was almost pointing a little bit at him. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins has another level. Oh, I think I've done... Like, that's just a person that needs a life coach. Like, I think he needs a life coach, too. Like, a lot of people that think they have it all, and I'm not saying he maybe he does, but P.J. Fleck, I love him bringing Rachel Balboa in. Uh, Check us out this weekend for the Gophers pregame show. Uh, She's going to be on our show, and she's been around the Gophers for six years. She's a national name that does a lot of uh, psychology talk. She's big on, uh, she calls it taking off your armor. You know, guys wear armor when they leave the house because they got to be protected by everything. Kirk Cousins always has his armor on. He never really seems like he takes it off and just relaxes. And she's she talks about the mental health side. And that's why P.J. Fleck is dedicating this week to mental health. The game will be dedicated to mental health awareness. Um, and so that's that's where I think Kirk Cousins is. And to say, and, and this is what P.J. said, you don't have to have something wrong with you to have a mental health coach. Like, that's the stigma that men have. You don't have – and it's okay to not be okay. That's another stigma. Like, it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay – to have somebody help you out mentally, even though you're perfectly fine. Like billionaires do it. They have a life coach that helps them through their billions. I mean, not to say the the TV show Billions, that's probably not real life, but it's a a depiction of it. And we know Axelrod, you know, always has some kind of shaman or some kind of life coach or something, you know, that's where I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers might've taken it a little too far with the psychedelics, but he was looking for the next level. Like what's the next level where, how can I unlock, unlock something? And he's trying to find a, a person to show him how to like this person say, Hey, take some mushrooms and, and see rainbows, but. That's where I think maybe Kirk Cousins needs to take mushrooms. Like maybe, maybe Kirk Cousins needs to hook up with Aaron Rodgers, get some mushrooms, get high, and say, you know what, man, I didn't know the football could spin backwards. Like whatever Kirk doesn't he doesn't need to mushrooms. Do, like...
1: Kirk, Kirk could get <laughs> drunk on Red Bull. I don't think he's ever had anything like that before.
0: you don't you know? You know what? Don't talk bad about Kirk Cousins. Red Bull would do. He's got for low him to tolerance, Ron. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Kirk Cousins could have himself a nice old-fashioned a cigar he'd be fine but no Kirk Cousins like it's okay to have a life coach and I think that's that's maybe the next step and, and it's never too late like I don't maybe he retires and he gets a life coach but it's never too late to take to take get a life coach take chances and I think that's why Kirk Cousins always is like he's always been doubted he's always been second guess so he's always felt like he needs to protect him and say oh no no I'm good I'm good I've been doing what I'm doing you know that's yeah, he's what wound happens. too tight And that's what it is. I think that's part of it. So if the Vikings win, the Vikings will win if Kirk Cousins has a couple mushrooms with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, the night before the game. because Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is going to fly in uh, Saturday night. So maybe Kirk will get uh, a package dropped off to his door from Aaron. Uh, But also him and his receivers on the same page. With these choice routes, they got to be on the same page. They got to be able to do, you know, all the things they need to do to win this game. We got three minutes left. In the show, uh, our friends at Bet Online have reached out and gave a lot of uh, stuff across the country. And from our friends at Bet Online, they put out a lot of like stuff about this, the, the Vikings and where they can finish. And so, in our, our best, you know, thirty seconds, we're gonna go around the horn. We'll start with uh, Luke to Reggie to Sam from the Bet Online uh, numbers. What's the most tantalizing uh, bet out there that you would be willing to put up some money on?
2: Well, Kirk has thrown 33-35 touchdowns, respectively, the last two seasons. And that was in a conservative run-first, don't-turn-the-ball-over kind of offense. But because of the talent, the weapons around him alone, he was still able to post good stats. Now he's in this pass-first offense. It's going to open things up even more for him. So I'm expecting more yards, more touchdowns, more explosive chunk plays. So having said all that, a Kirk Cousins over. 30 and a half passing touchdowns just might be the lock of the century for me. I'm smashing open my Mm. piggy bank. I'm cashing in all the Bitcoin. I'm finding the deed to my house. I've never felt so good about a prop bet before like I do this one. Smash the over on Cousins passing for 31 touchdowns this season.
3: So I'm looking at the, the Daniil Hunter comeback player of the year, 66 to 1. If he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why he's not the guy you know, like I'm I'm booking that one because if he's healthy, we saw what he could do last year. He was leading the team in sacks before he went out with the torn pec last season. And so I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, yeah, if he's healthy for at least like, even if he's healthy for like 15 games, like I think that would be good enough for him to win comeback player of the year because like I said earlier, he's hungry. He feels like he has something to prove. And also he wants some new money. Like, he wants the Vikings to pay up as well. So if he ends up doing that this season, like, there's all the motivation in the world for him to be the comeback player of the year type of a player with his performance this season. If, and if he does that, I think the Vikings are in good
1: shape. So is this a misprint? Justin Jefferson receiving yards, 1325 and a half. Don't forget the half. Oh, okay. the half is important. Um, that would be a career low in receiving yards. Um, Justin Jefferson in a 17 game season, and maybe we've just gotten spoiled watching this guy for a couple of years. He's never gotten hurt. Uh, obviously, injury could play into it, but in a pass first offense, Jefferson's not going to go down, is he? Um, not the guy who's talking about 2,000 yards. That to me feels like the lock of the century. With all due respect to Luke's lock of the century, I'd take the over on Justin <laughs> Jefferson receiving yards. I calculated it. So Justin Jefferson's pretty consistently about 15 yards per catch. So that would mean he's gonna get only 88 catches this year. I think he's. I think you gotta put him on triple digits, don't you? So I'm. I'm definitely hammering that over 1325 JJ receiving yards. Those are some good ones. This
0: is the one that I'm going to go with. And this is like, I just want to throw money out there uh, because, hey, why not? Bet online. You know, Locked On Sports is going to pay for this. So Justin Jefferson, 125 to 1 MVP. The only reason is because I could put down 100 bucks and win a lot of money if, the, if he pulls this off. No other receiver has ever gotten votes besides Randy. Or sorry, Cooper Cup was the furthest since Randy Moss in 1998. So I feel like if there's going to be a receiver to do it, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. He's flashy enough. The voting has changed enough, and people have have opened up the idea to a receiver could be MVP. But then I'm also going to throw money on the 40-1 to for Kirk Cousins being MVP because if Justin Jefferson is in the voting, that means his quarterback has to be there. Even though Matthew Stafford wasn't, which is super weird, the Cooper Cup was in it and and Matthew Stafford wasn't, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were, were one and two. Super weird, but whatever. Um, those are the two that I feel like, you know what, let's just throw money out there because of the odds. I like the odds. But the other one I'm going to go with is Kirk Cousins throwing for over 4,100 yards. I, I think it's inevitable with this offense with the way they're going to run. You look at the Rams, lack of usage of Cam Akers. Like everybody's talking about Cam Akers and, and, and mm-hmm. want to commit, you know, like murder <laughs> on the Rams' offensive calling because they put Cam Akers on their uh fantasy football team and he basically was in the stands with the fans. Um I feel like Kevin O'Connell, I mean again, Cam Akers is no not even he like he's not even in the same city or state as, you know, as as Dalvin Cook, but I feel like, you know, coaches are creatures of habit and it's going to be tough for for Kevin O'Connell to find a way to get to just a solid running game if in his mind he's like, "You know what? Pass, pass, pass because I know it works." Uh, but I, I think you will see last night, though. Like, hey, we do got to have a run game, though, because the Rams could not get their offense going and they did not establish the run. Uh, but those are the two I'm going to go with. And then the Kirk Cousins over 4,100 yards. Those to me look like sure bets. Uh, but that'll do it for the locked on sports Minnesota's round table. I want to thank Reggie Wilson, Luke Inman, Sam Maxstrom, Matt DeBritz back there working the keys. Uh, let us know what you think. What's your favorite bet? Go to Bet Online, check them out, put some money down. If you win, I need 10% because I gave you the keys to the victory, (laughs) Um, but also let us know what you think. And also, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. We want to thank you and have a great day.